Charlotte CSL, Charlotte Sports Live. And a chance to give them their first win of the season. And the kick is good. How about that? Eddie Pinheiro and the Panthers riding off into the sunset with their first victory of the season. It wasn't pretty, but they'll take it, and so will we. And your championship four is officially set in NASCAR's Cup Series after today's final round of eight race. We'll break down what happened today in Martinsville. Welcome to another hour-long edition of Charlotte Sports Live. Michael said here alongside Grace Grill. A great time of the year, Grace. you got all four major sports in action, not to mention NASCAR and the MLS Cup playoffs too. But tonight, Grace, especially sweet, coming after a Panthers win. Yes, you heard it. A Panthers, a Panthers win. win. We will take a win any way we can get one at this point tonight. We start with the black and blue and a battle between number one and number two. Yeah, Teppers and Commissioner Roger Goodell saw a first quarter punt fest at VOA. Neither team could get their offense going at all, although the Panthers did frustrate C.J. Stroud. Two block balls at the line of scrimmage. Houston would strike, though, first in the second quarter as they continue to chip away at the Carolina defense. Play after play, Stroud threaded needle to Noah Brown. He went 16 to 24 for 140 yards to Stroud. That one went for 22. It would lead to this. Touchdown, Andrew Beck. Texans up 7-0. They were feeling good. Yeah, the Panthers offense eventually would respond with a one-yard score of their own just before the half. Tommy Tremble in the back of the end zone. It's your boy. Go Irish. Carolina satisfied for the moment. Yeah, but then this happened. PAT missed by Eddie P. So the Panthers went into the locker room down a point. Second half, Young starting to find his groove with that Thomas Brown-led offense. Hey Jonathan Mingo giving him 40 yards in the air here as Carolina moving all the way upfield. Mingo was his name. Right. All right, granted, the drive would stall, but Eddie would redeem himself. This from 45 yards out, and that is good. So the Panthers take their first lead of the day at 9-7, to seven, and suddenly the break started going their way. Suing Texas drives, Stroud finds Beck. He's popped, and then the ball pops out. Carolina recovers. They'd get another field goal to take a 12-7 to seven lead. Yeah, but this was not over. Late third, Houston going forward on fourth and goal. And the gamble pays off. That's a touchdown for Stroud as the Texans reclaim the lead. However, the two-point try no good. So 13-12 Houston going into the fourth. All right. There, Carolina's offensive line experienced uh -oh. a number of malfunctions. Young was sacked four times in in the quarter, six times in the game, as suddenly the Panthers' offense was stuck in neutral again. Despite that, Carolina wasn't out of it. With just over three left from the Houston 47, they go for it on fourth and two. That's Adam Thielen. Yeah, the drive stays alive. They move the chains. This time, Chuba Hubbard for a gain of 13. Young finished 22 of 31, 235 yards. Panthers milk the clock down, setting up a walk-off opportunity, and it is Eddie P. He's your hero from 23 yards out. Eh, piggyback ride home. Let the celebration begin. 15-13, Panthers beat the Texans and get their first win of the season. All right, looking at the final numbers in this one, Houston with the five-yard edge in total yards. Carolina doing better in the air than the Texans, but another poor rushing game for the Panthers. Just 44 yards for them on the ground today. Houston had the only turnover of the game. But let's send it out now to our crew at Bank of America Stadium for more on win number one of the season for your Carolina Panthers. 
That's right, guys. Still at Bank of America Stadium alongside Gabe McDonald and Mr. Al Wallace. I'm Carla Gebhardt. And, yes, we are celebrating a win for the Carolina Panthers over the Texans. 15-13 to 13 is your final. And, of course, guys, we're going to start on the offensive side of things. And certainly all the eyes of this game were looking at Bryce Young. They were looking at C.J. Stroud. And Bryce Young, if we're looking at rookie quarterbacks, kind of won the day, I think, Al. What do you think? I'm going to give him the dub. He goes out there. He gets the win, so he has the edge. But I thought he operated well in this offense when he had the time and was able to settle in the pocket, he was able to deliver down the field. And earlier this morning on Black and Blue Kickoff Live, you know, I asked you about just his mindset and his motivation. He came out motivated. He wanted to prove, like, hey, I'm the first overall pick for a reason. He came out, led his team to a win. But Thomas Brown, debut as a play caller, what did you notice differently compared to the last six weeks? I just think Thomas Brown tried to add some wrinkles to this offense. He wanted to spread it out. I think he's going to take more chances. It didn't look as conservative as it did under Frank Reich. So I'm excited to see how they developed this chemistry, continue to build with Bryce Young, take some chances on third down, fourth down even with some of the spread offense in that uh, out of the shotgun. But I like it was a good solid start for Thomas Brown. Not only for Bryce Young to maybe be given some more freedom in the pocket, you kind of saw him maybe a little bit more mobile than usual, but he did uh, do this all under pressure too. Six sacks today, and so certainly the offensive line could have helped him out a little bit more, but that's some room for this offensive line to grow. Yeah, it's a little bit of a concern because uh, you have a number one overall pick quarterback you're trying to get the development out of him uh, going into week nine now against the Colts and the one thing you have to do is protect just remember only nine sacks for the Texans coming into this game they were able to get six this afternoon so that's a huge drastic difference that the Panthers have to go in and clean it up and not just the protection but the running game as well, only 44 yards. This, I mean, Miles Sanders, only two carries for zero yards. Trouba Hubbard only had about 30 yards. This, what is it going to take for that unit to really get going? Because that's one thing that I expected to see a lot more of with Thomas Brown being a former running backs coach to get going. What's it going to take for that unit to be able to turn the corner and kind of make this this offense a little bit more balanced? I know about playing the run, and I think it's, it's the same thing on the offense. It's a mindset. It's a hard down. It's tough. It's physical down in the trenches. And until that offensive line, Thomas Brown, the rest of the guys, Chuba and, and Miles, decide that they are going to dominate the guys across from them. It's not going to be much success. There's only a limited amount of scheming up that you can do before the thing takes off. So I think it's a mindset. They have to go in there. They have to figure out how to get tough in the trenches and move people off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, not the prettiest win for the offensive side of the ball. But let's go ahead and go into the locker room and hear from Coach Frank Reich and your rookie quarterback, the winners of today's game. I think it's a big confidence builder for our whole team, especially for, especially for the offense and Bryce, obviously as our leader. Um, you know, making the plays, making the plays in that drive that we needed um, was clutch. And uh, I thought Bryce made a bunch of those during the day, but when we needed him the most, he made the biggest plays. I think we were all walking off there feeling like, okay, this now we're going to get going. You know, this is one. We know we got a long way to go. Um, we'll certainly enjoy this and celebrate it. Um, but this is just the beginning. And so we've, we've tried to set very high standards for ourselves with the way we prepare. I think we've been learning how to do that as the years progressed, and there's no turning back. You know, it's definitely an exciting feeling. You know, um, as we know, uh, wins aren't, aren't easy to come by in this league. And, you know, it's, it's great to get on the board, great, great to get one in. You know, right now, obviously, it's, we're fresh. Everyone's enjoying it, and, and we're super, super happy about it. Um, but it's a lot of excitement. But at the same time, you know, Right now is the time for us to enjoy it and, and, and have fun, and, but tomorrow we come back and watch the film, and there's a lot of stuff that we still can get better at, still can improve at, and um, you know we, we don't want to be the team with 
that got a win on was week week eight. This is, you know, we have to keep building off of this. Um, and, and, and that's a long journey. That's a long road. Uh, and that's going to come with, with the work that, that comes throughout the week and we continue to build off of. So right now, a lot of excitement. Um, but, you know, we're going to have to turn the page on this. And just like any other week, make sure we keep getting better. Again, Bryce Young, 22 of 31 for 235 yards and a touchdown today. If there was a knock at all, I think it was maybe that he held onto the ball a couple of times in certain plays. But to still be able to come out with this win is huge for, for this team as a whole. I mean, they have not won at all yet this season out. Yeah, I think you, you just have to want to be right if you're Bryce Young. So that's his problem. He wants to make the right choice. But sometimes the best choice is to throw the ball away, get it out of your hands, move out of the pocket. Um, I think Bryce is learning. He's a rookie quarterback. You look at both of those guys that were on the field today, and I think they get better. They're going to clean that part of it up. And we had a pretty good spark from Raheem Blackshear in the return game, also receiving out of the backfield. It just You wonder why he was a healthy scratch for so long, and we finally get to see him be used as when they have him going, you know, just what kind of dynamic does that add to this offense? I think with LaVisca Chenault, you got guys with overlapping skill sets. And uh, for a returner like Blackshear, he's going to give you a spark. But when you put him into the offense, you throw the ball to him, hand it off, he's going to get instant offense. And those are the types of guys that you love on your roster. They just got to find a way to play with all the talent on the field at the same time. Yeah, Raheem Blackshear, a good boost. But also Austin Corbett back on the field today in his first game since he tore his ACL last season you get to hear from him coming up as well guys all right thank you very much guys switching gears now the nascar cup series was in virginia today the final race before the championship finale next week in phoenix kyle larson and christopher bell already punched their ticket to the desert leaving six drivers fighting for those two final spots currently belonging to william byron and ryan blaney just based on points. But a win gets you in. It's the Xfinity 500 at Martinsville Speedway. Denny Hamlin came into the paperclip as the 3-1 favorite, but seventh in the point standings. He'd earned a few more with a stage one win today, but would finish third, putting an end to his playoff run. Ryan Blaney grew up 55 miles away from Martinsville in High Point, North Carolina. He considers this his home track. He would win stage two. Uh, not to be without some drama, though. Lap 273. Joey Logano pinches Ty Gibbs oh. here. That spins him out uh, of third place and causes quite the wreck. Brad Keselowski had some trouble on lap 312. Flames from under the car is never positive, and that would end his day. It was looking like Ryan Blaney's day, though. 22 laps to go. Blaney pulls this move on Eric Almarola for the lead. The 12 car led for 145 laps in this one, including the most important one, the final lap. Ryan Blaney takes the checkers at his home track at Martinsville. He wins the Xfinity 500 and punches his ticket to Phoenix, where he will compete for his first Cup Series title. I thought we put together a really strong, strong playoffs, and, um, especially the round eight. You know, we had a, had a good run on the whole round eight. So, yeah, just overall, just uh, really proud of the whole effort. Awesome to have discounts higher on the car, Menards. Ford, Advanced Auto Parts, Body Armor, Tex Imaging, Worth, Wabash, everything they do, uh, we, it wouldn't be possible. So RP couldn't be here, unfortunately, but I know he's watching, and uh, this is awesome. So can't wait to get to Phoenix next week. All right, so here's your championship four. We already knew Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson were in. Joining them in the cup chase, today's winner, Ryan Blaney and William Byron, who finished 13th. The Charlotte Kid gets in on points. Denny Hamlin, who finished third today, just missed out on the championship cup. Tough way to go out for the uh, team after running a great race. So um, you got Hendricks with two cars in and Kyle Larson and William Byron. 
Ryan Blaney competing for his first championship. William Byron also competing for his first as well. But a uh, chance for Penske to go back-to-back -back with Logano winning as well. But uh, no Danny Hamlin. Yeah, I feel bad for him. He led 156 laps today and only needed 17 points to get in. It just did not happen. You feel bad for that. I think, though, Grace, next week, I think Byron's going to win. He's got six wins this year. He didn't win to get into the championship before, got on a point. So I think, I know it's not really how it works, but I think he's due for a win. <laughs> and you look at a guy, this guy has won in Phoenix this year back in March. So this guy knows how to get it done on that track. If, if you were to say, Mike, if you were to say, Mike, who's going to win this one? Guys, I'm telling you, I think it's going to be William Byron. I like the William Byron pick. He has proven that he's can, he can win all season, but you can't count out Kyle Larson, who's competing for his second title in, in the past three years. And... Um, He's the only one that has a cup title, so maybe experience links okay. out through here. Friendly vote? Friendly, friendly bet there? Wanna, you know I don't yeah. bet. Okay. I have a, a diet <laughs> Snapple or Oreo cookies or something? All right, we can do a diet I Snapple. I like that. I'm all for that. <laughs> all right, well, with the Bucks losing on Thursday Night Football, we only had two other games today involving the NFC South, both the Falcons and Saints on the road. Were they following Tampa Bay's losing ways? You've got your NFC South debrief on the way. Back here on Charlotte Sports Live, we have the Bryce Young and T.J. Stroud show here in Carolina. But how about Will Levis getting the start in Tennessee today? He was one of the other top quarterbacks in the mix in the, in the draft that fell to the second round. Didn't look like a second-round pick today. How about this? 47-yard pass to DeAndre Hopkins. At seven, made it 7-3 Tennessee in the first quarter. And those two were just getting warmed up. Third quarter, Levis deep to DeAndre. And that is a touchdown, 61-yard bomb. Levis in his debut today, 19-29 passing for 238 yards and four touchdowns. Three of them to one, DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, this, this helps the Panthers. Atlanta takes a 28-23 loss to the Titans. Looking like Warren Moon there. Meanwhile, the Panthers have the Colts next week at home today. Indy appeared to have everything under control with New Orleans, Zach Moss. Going to great lengths to score here. India at that point was up 10, going over his head. But give New Orleans credit. On the road, they showed all kinds of fight. First, they got within three off this 20-yard run from Taysom Hill, who was the first of his two scores on the afternoon. And then later in the quarter, they took the lead as Derek Carr found Rashid Shaheed for the 58-yard touchdown. Colts at one point down by as many as 15. They got within eight. But later, they were not able to get the ball out of New Orleans' hands when it mattered. And the Colts would just go on to lose this one, 38-27. <laughs> they come to BOA next week in the midst of a three-game losing streak. Very frustrating. Panthers, meanwhile, may have lost six straight to start the season and essentially do not have much to play for right now. But do not tell that to Austin Corbett. He was back on the field today for the first time since tearing his ACL in last season's finale. And he could not hold back the emotions in his conversation with Carla and Gabe. All right, so we have Austin Corbett here after the game, of course. A big celebration for everybody in the locker room. Your first game back, apparently you were the luck charm that they were missing all season uh, long. No. They've, uh, the boys have been grinding this whole time. And, uh, you know, I told him, you know, like, we didn't lose last week, right? We got the bye. Spirits were able to get high there and uh, trains that into some good momentum. I mean, heck, it was ugly. It was ugly today, but... Hey, that's exactly what this team needed, you know, be able to come together, grind one out, and get it done there at the end. We can hear the emotion in your voice, man. I mean, first game back in a long time and getting a win, just everything you've been through, how are you feeling right now? Man, I, just, I can't even watch that. This is tough. Uh, 
I'm not an emotional person at all. The last time I cried, my daughter was born. I mean, it just came out immediately. Just, we got such an amazing staff here. Help me get back. I love these guys. You know, we'll enjoy it tonight, tomorrow, and then we're moving on to the Nexus. Welcome to the NFL, right? But gosh, that's it is hard to put into words. That's awesome. Yeah, such a comeback from you, such a comeback from this team. And this really was a team win all the way around from special teams, of course. Eddie there at the end. What, what are your thoughts as you're watching Eddie have to kick that field goal uh, twice? I only caught one of them. <laughs> the other ones I was looking down, just saying my prayers. Just, oh, man, there's never a doubt with him. I mean, he, he's been, he's Eddie Money. That's, that's who he is. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just a credit. Yeah, kick return game, punt return game, putting us in good spots. Defense getting the turnovers. That's true complimentary ball. Offense was slack, and defense got the stops. We go down, and that last drive, again, you know, it's, it's how this game works. It's three units coming together as one, and you know, that's our motto. Just be, you know, as one in every moment. How can you not be a fan of 63? Love to see the passion from one of Carolina's leaders. All right, on to soccer. Charlotte FC's history-making season is over. On Wednesday, the Crown fell in their first-ever playoff game, losing on the road to the New York Red Bulls 5-2. Charlotte FC finished the season at 10, 13, and 11. They actually had three less wins than they did in their inaugural season last year, but were able to benefit from the playoff expansion that took place in the MLS this past year. All right, we know this season has been a horror on the field for the Carolina Panthers. Besides today, of course, yeah. today was great. Yeah. But with Halloween just around the corner, Panthers players are talking to us about their favorite horror movies. Coming up next here on Charlotte Sports Live. Charlotte Sports Live. Well, no one does spooky season quite like the Carolina Panthers. During the bye week, the team put on the annual spooktacular event. But this week, they brought the festivities directly to the children at Levine's Hospital. Eddie Pinheiro, DJ Chark, and others spent time crafting pumpkins and decorating trick-or-treat bags, helping all the kids get in the Halloween spirit. And Mike, you know very well that I, I am not I a fan. No. I am not a fan of scary movies. I don't like to be scared. Halloween's not really my thing. But for those that are looking to get into the holiday spirit, you have some movie recommendations. You know, I do, but I'm not. I'm not the source. The source are the Carolina Panthers. They told me this week their picks for the scariest movies this holiday season. Halloween movie that scared me real bad? Um, probably The Exorcist of Emily Rose. That's a good question. It was either out of the movie It with Pennywise or the very first Jeepers Creepers. Did you have trouble sleeping after those movies? There wasn't no sleep. I'll wait for the sound to come up. I probably was, I snuck it away from my parents. Um, they, they tried to help us out, but me and my brother watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You ever see Texas Chainsaw Massacre? That's yeah, that was all right, though. That was all right. I wasn't really worried about that. I don't think he would have caught me. I was maybe four or five years old and that. You know, them big guys really salt teddy bears. Let's say that. I say probably Coraline. The cartoon? Yeah, Coraline. <laughs> not when it, I mean, it's a cartoon. It's animated, but it has some, like, scary details to it. Icky said that Coraline was the scariest movie he'd ever saw. That's the cartoon. Do you do you buy that? Yeah. The little puppet eyes? I ain't like that at all. Scary movie might get me if I watch it right now. Happy Halloween from the Panthers. Good night. <laughs> we actually watched Casper last night. We cried. Wait, Austin Corbett was yeah. four when he saw that movie? What? Casper's a good, like, entry-level <laughs> Halloween movie. Uh, let's talk Hornets. Uh, they got a game tomorrow. Two games in the season. 
We've already seen the best and worst from them after Wednesday's impressive second half performance in the season opening win over the Hawks. Charlotte put together a stinker two nights later against the bottom dweller Detroit Pistons. They wrap up three games homestand tomorrow against the Nets. Grace, they're like Batman's Harvey Dent, Two-Face. Which version of the Hornets do you expect to see the rest of the season? Okay, well, I expect to see the Did one you get that, that they... reference, by the way? Two-Face? Mm -hmm. Harvey Dent? Yeah. Let me make sure. Batman. I, 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 I know, know Batman. I'm I from knew. Pennsylvania. It's like the state of I'm Batman. I'm sorry. Is Gotham City in Pennsylvania? I didn't know this. Pittsburgh. We don't have time for that. Oh, anyway. Well, that was in the movie. You're right. Okay, it's a whole other. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I got you. Okay. Let's anyway, yes, the Hornets. I expect to see the Hornets that came out game one. I thought I thought last, last game against the Pistons was a fluke. I do worry about the physicality because I felt like they lost that battle. Mark Williams only having two points kind of freaked me out a little bit. Lamella Ball wasn't happy after the game, said didn't think the calls are going their way, and that kind of played into them being a little bit more physical. But we're all positive around here. The Panthers got to win. Yeah. We, are, we are the party of positivity tonight. Well, Williams, not only two points with three rebounds, that's not yeah. good. Lamella's got to shoot better. He's only 8 of 32 from the field this year, so he's got to start hitting some jump shots. I think that the real Charlotte is somewhere in the middle there. I don't think that they're going to be this, 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 this team contending for a division title, but I do think they'll be in the hunt for the playing game, and I think they're going to be nights like that where the, it's just not going to be there, and they've got to find a way to fight through it. Well, it's, it's game three. I, I think they just, get, they just need to find some consistency, but I do I am still excited about this group. I am too. I'm excited about this. we got more Panthers coming your way next. After so many missteps this year, what finally went right today in the win over the Texans? We're going to send it back out to the bank for more team coverage next. In case you missed it, Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers picked up their first win of the season today against the Houston Texans. Here's what went down. Zeros on the board in the second quarter. C.J. Stroud with a dart to Noah Brown to bring the Texans inside the five-yard line. And Houston would strike first from the one. Andrew Beck in for the Texans touchdown. Panthers respond, though, just before the half. Bryce Young looking to his right. He's got Tommy Tremble in the corner of the end zone. Touchdown, where, where he Panthers. To he went to uh, Notre Dame. Uh -huh. Eddie Pinero missed the extra point, so they trailed by one at the half. End of the third, C.J. Stroud going to keep it here from the one. It's still a one-point game after the Panthers broke up a two-point conversion. It would all come down to Eddie Pinero. Steady Eddie. Wins it for Carolina, 15-13 the final, and the Panthers get their first win of the season. And with that, we welcome you back into Charlotte Sports Live for another 30 minutes. Grace Grill and Mike Lissette with you. And we have team coverage as always when the Panthers play. And I got to say, you know, it is a lot more fun to do this when they win a game. And we know that Gabe, <laughs> Carla, and Al would agree. Let's send it back to them at Bank of America Stadium. That's right, guys. We are still celebrating the Carolina Panthers win, their first win of the season over the Houston Texans, 15-13. to 13. And certainly a lot of this starts with the defense, guys. And, of course, we've got Gabe McDonald, Al Wallace still here. But the defense really showed up, and there were a lot of different guys that made some plays today. Yeah, you got uh, production from all around. That defensive front, a uh, guy that stuck out was Deshaun Williams. You saw some of the batted balls early. Guys in the middle, Shai Tuttle, Derek Brown, Deshaun Williams, those guys got to hold up the front. 
And I think when it starts there at the line of scrimmage, everyone's able to feed off of that. And then even a guy like Xavier Woods coming back, you know, his first game back, just kind of the guy that really sets the defense and kind of gets everybody in order. How much of a difference did he make being bad? Because it seems like the operation and the communication was on point compared to the last few weeks. Yeah, guys, I cannot imagine playing when I was here with the Carolina Panthers without my own professor on the back, Mike Minner, getting us all lined up, getting us situated and in the right positions. It is invaluable for a guy like that that can see the big picture from the back end to be back in this lineup. And the biggest one of the day is Frankie Louvu. I got to read this. Seven solo tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss, one quarterback hit, uh, several other stats to add as well. But he's really coming to his own for this Panthers defense, especially when other leaders have gone down. And you certainly think of Shaq Thompson and, and some other guys that have been hurt this season. But he is their leader. Yeah, they follow him because he is hair on fire every single snap of every single game and that's the way he plays. A guy that got his opportunity here with the Carolina Panthers has made the most of it and is really the heartbeat of this organization. Not just the defense, this team follows Frankie's lead and man when you go out and you put that type of production on the field it makes it really easy to stand up in front of the other 52 guys and said, you know, say we're going to keep stacking together these wins. And you got to shine a light on the young guy, DJ Johnson a guy that was a healthy scratch. They traded up to get him. A lot of people questioning that decision as well but he comes out critical tackle for for a loss and really making some plays in his first real defensive action. How do you think this performance is going to impact him moving forward as he you know, makes his way through the league? Building blocks, baby steps. This guy you know, came in here, I think a lot of expectations because of where he was drafted. I don't know that it worked out in training camp, but you can see the light starting to cut on with more opportunities come just greater responsibilities. And I think DJ's done a great job, not as a defensive end, he's done great there. But you go look at him on special teams because that's what I played. The guy is going down there. He's lighting people up, and I'm so excited for him. And we are excited to be talking about a win finally this season, but nobody is happier than these guys in the locker room, so let's go ahead and take a listen from them now. He was a beast, like you said. A bunch of, I didn't know it was that many tackles, but a bunch of pass, you know, a couple pass defended, you know, plays that are probably going to be first downs. You know, that one third down right there, um, he, makes a, he makes a great tip. I think he had two pass, you know, passes defended. Um, you know, in, in that as well. So just an all-around great game by Frankie. We know that we're building the results, and but you need to you just need to see him at some point. And I don't think the guys have wavered. That's to their credit. Um, but this is going to be a great win to build confidence off of. And, you know, that's a good football team. You know, they don't make many mistakes. They've been playing good team football. Um, that, that team makes you beat them. And, you know, I thought we did that today. We went out and proved we were the better team. And we didn't beat ourselves. And we, you know, we put our best football on the field for 60 minutes and came away with a win. So, yes, a lot of happy guys in the locker room. But this win also came in front of some legends today. You and all your teammates gathered around and watched Musa Muhammad and Julius Peppers get inducted, get their name put on this stadium. And that was just a special moment for you and for them today, Al. It's absolutely incredible, especially when I look at the names over my shoulder, Sam Mills included. But the rest of those guys were former teammates. And not just Julius and Moose, but to celebrate this with so many teammates that were watching that game from the vault here at, the, at Bank of America. America Stadium to get back in that locker room field. The jokes were there. Everybody's having a good time. And man, we all walk out of here with a win. You got to give us some stories. What's your favorite one with each of those guys? Because you went to the trenches with both of them, especially playing behind Julius Peppers as well. Yeah, Moose was just a linebacker in a wide receiver body. So I got uh, in there in practice on a crack toss and Moose didn't block me. He just stood there and I felt his presence. So he was a big dude. I practiced with and against
against, you know, Julius Peppers every day. I got to watch him up close and personal. He was an absolute alien, still the biggest man in the room, still the biggest personality. So to see him today, I felt like a little guy again, and I didn't want to feel like that. But he is a legend, man. 4-4 speed, 6-7, 290 pounds. There'll never be another Julius Peppers. It is a tough thing to do to make Al Wallace feel like a small man. But Julius Peppers, yes, a huge honor for both of those guys today. And, of course, we've mentioned Frankie Louvu and what his presence was on this defense. You're going to hear from him coming up in just a little bit. All righty, contrary to what author Thomas Wolfe says, you can go home again. Matthias Farley is living proof of that as he is now back in the Queen City playing for the team that he grew up watching. His journey has been incredible and unlikely, and it's one that has now come full circle. Matthias Farley would be the first to tell you he's experienced plenty of breaks throughout his football career. You know, it's pretty wild that everything has happened the way it's happened. Jake, out of all places, the Charlotte Christian alum ended up back home in Carolina. I wasn't in OTAs anywhere, wasn't in camp anywhere. I uh, was just working out at my high school on a daily basis and uh, got a call the Sunday before the Saints game to come in and work out. But the story doesn't end there. Though the 31-year-old was only supposed to be on the Panthers practice squad, he ended up getting to play for Carolina a few weeks later at Miami when Von Bell went down with an injury. It's been kind of a whirlwind the last few weeks. I think it's a dream for anybody to be able to play in the city you grew up in. It was a dream that actually started out a tragedy. Farley was a soccer player growing up and never intended to play football. That was his older brother's thing. Nathan played at Coastal Carolina, uh, had an injury in his career early. Uh, him and I were always super close growing up, so he had a, a huge impact on my life and development. In an effort to honor that connection, Farley decided to give football a try as a junior in high school. Turns out, he was a natural. So many memories being on that field, having no idea what I was doing and uh, just the ebbs and flows of it all. Farley learned then to take the game as well as life as it comes to him. It's how he's been able to handle setbacks and how seemingly this eight-year NFL vet has always managed to bounce back. It's out of my control. I can control my attitude and my effort and being in shape. Which is what he'll continue doing, all while taking nothing for granted. I just try to stay ready and, you know, keep my nose to the grindstone. This Queen City kid is back home, hopefully for a while. But if not, just know he'll be just fine. And Farley did have two tackles today in the victory over the Tech. Meanwhile, it was a huge honor for Pep and the Moose at halftime of today's Panthers game. You just heard Al Wallace talking about his favorite memories with the team and with them. We'll hear from those two men coming up on CSL. Two more Panther greats added today to the team's Hall of Honor. Moose Muhammad and Julius Peppers were inducted during a halftime ceremony, joining six others in the elite Panthers group. Pep, of course, holding a number of defensive record records in Carolina history. Moose, meanwhile, still holds the record for the longest touchdown in Super Bowl history. It's an honor the two say they are extremely proud of. Uh, be recognized for all the hard work um, you know, put in during your career. Um, celebrating that with both my family, former teammates, uh, fans, ownership, uh, it was very special. It's really just setting in now. Uh, it's a special moment. My family was here with me, and um, yeah, it's just now sinking in. <laughs> 
right, well, let's keep the good times rolling with while well, we can with this Carolina Panthers win. Players and coaches said today that it felt like a weight had been lifted off their shoulders this afternoon. And this win very much came on the shoulders of our next guest. Frankie Louvu joined Carla Gebhardt and Gay McDonald after the game. So some call him the heart and soul of the defense, but we call him Frankie Louvu, and you get to celebrate a win tonight. What does that feel like right now to be able to lift this win? Man, I'm overwhelmed with a lot of emotions and a lot of hard work that we put in through the week. You know, it wasn't pretty, but at the end of the day, you know, we came out with the dub. So just shout out to all the guys, man, just doing their 111 and uh, coming on top. He had some really good complimentary football today. I mean, special teams, Raheem making some good yeah. plays in the return game. Johnny Hecker and even the offenses getting drives when they needed to. Just take me through how proud you are of the performance by the whole team in general just to make plays when they needed to and give you guys, you know, some good breaks. Man, we take that very highly. You know, field position, special teams, that's not a playoff. You know, it's one play and it's for six, eight seconds. So how long can you just lock in for that one play? So, you know, for guys like Raheem, DJ Johnson is one of them, man, stepping up. Um, you know, and, and also playing defense, man. Shout out to, like, the young guys just, just buying in. And the faster we can get them going, the faster we can have this arrow pointing up. Everybody seemed to be really on it on defense. Uh, a lot of communication, a lot of hands up. We right. saw just a lot of different people making plays today. What was different about practice after the bye week, maybe coming into this game for y'all? Uh, just having the mentality, start fresh, new season, back to 0-0. And just, you know, having our veterans guys like X in the back, you know, Burns, you know, kind of questionable and just having in the buy in and, and just everybody doing their one eleven, man. It's it's hard to win in this league. And the preparation that we had this whole week uh, doing practice, man, it was it was all worth it, you know, but it don't stop here. We just got to keep it going and got to keep it rolling. You mentioned X being back, you know, just how important was that for you guys? Because a lot of people talk about his leadership, his communication, really being able to set things up as that guy on the back end. Oh, man, it's very important to have Professor X in the back, yeah. man. He's kind of like that eyes in the back, kind of see everything, kind of getting, they, you know, young guys right like Jamie in that nickel position and, you know, just being that veteran on, on the back end. Um, we need as much as we can, man, as far as this season. It's going to be a long season, so everybody getting back healthy and then get this train going. So how does Frankie Louvu celebrate a win tonight? We all want to know. We all want to know. Man, look, I got the bottle of Terramana in my car, tequila. I'm going home. I celebrate with moms. And uh, it was her first home game. So awesome. I think about, I, I think uh, she's going to be here for the whole season for yeah. the home games because he brought some good luck. And, uh, yeah, go back home with the family, kick my feet up, man. Get on the grill a little bit, do some barbecue in the back. And, uh, yeah, and just have fun and embrace all the, the family around it. And you guys got one. I mean, it doesn't stop here. I mean, just what's they the don't. mindset now? I mean, you guys are finally starting to hit a rhythm and really trying to put things all together. Now. We got one, and just keep stacking it. You know, we're going to enjoy this win. And when we come tomorrow, man, we're going to flush it, make corrections, and move on to the next week, man. So, guys having that mentality, man, I feel like we're going to be all right. All right. Thanks so much, Frankie. Go celebrate. Thank you so much. Appreciate it was appreciate it. You're about to enter another dimension. It's one of touchdowns and blitz top plays. You're moving into a land of both grass and sometimes artificial turf. You've just crossed over into the high school football highlight zone. With all due respect to Frankenstein and Dracula, there is nothing scarier than a Sunday without your Blitz top plays. It's a fear you'll soon have to face, but not tonight. For in the final light of the regular season, our nominees save the best for last. <laughs> we start at Sun Valley with our first nominee. Kindly note, that is not an incomplete pass. Porter Ridge's Ramey Sahar knew it, picked it up, 
and brought it back for a touchdown. The Pirates would win 38-21. Our second nominee was something not out of a horror movie, but of science fiction. How Jeremiah Jones wasn't brought down, we will never know. All we know is that the end result was an 83-yard touchdown in Huff's 56-0 win over Hopewell. Finally, this was the stuff of West Charlotte's nightmares. Check out Sadat Grant, making the impossible happen with his frighteningly good, tough catch. North Mech would go on to win to finish the regular season at 500. To decide this week's top winner, you don't have to be a mad scientist. All you have to do is go to our X account, at CSL on QZN, and cast your vote. Make sure to do it by Thursday morning. Or else. <laughs> a little loopy right now, not gonna lie. Uh, no time to look back with 10 more games to go for Carolina. We're looking ahead to the next few weeks for the black and blue. Stay with us, or else. Sports Live, here's what's ahead for Carolina. The Colts come to town next week. Then it's Thursday night football against the Bears in Chicago, followed by a home date again with America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Carla, Gabe, and Al preview what to expect moving forward. That's right, guys. Al Wallace, Gabe McDonald, myself, we are still here celebrating this win, and we are looking ahead on the schedule. And, of course, this next game going to be back at home here in Bank of America Stadium, so that's a good thing, but going to be against the Colts. And it's been maybe an interesting season for them as well, but how do you see maybe the next couple of games going for the Carolina Panthers? It seems like a winnable schedule if they can keep this momentum. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor back for the Colts, so they're going to have to figure that out. They're going to have to be stout against the run. That team's going to come in here and lean on that running game. Gardner Minshew in at quarterback. Obviously, no Anthony Richardson out with the shoulder surgery. So I think a very winnable game. And then the Thursday night matchup against the Chicago Bears. I'm excited to see the Panthers go on the road and try to get a win. Hopefully, they can find a way to get another one here next week in the bank. And then you look at next week's game, you know, obviously you mentioned not having Anthony Richardson, but you have a savvy veteran in Gardner Minshew. You know, just what's the preparation going to be like when you know you have a guy who's still maybe a little bit as mobile, not as mobile as AR, but obviously still kind of mobile as well, you know, with him being able to extend those plays. Attack, 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 attack. I think on this defense you have good enough athletes. Brian Burns, even with the elbow, was active today. You just have to get those guys involved. Frankie Louvu, however you can get him involved in this defense, pressures, coverage. We saw him do both today, which was absolutely incredible. You di dictate the tempo and the energy on the defensive side. You make Gardner Minshew and that Colts offense bend to your will. And we've already said that today's win didn't necessarily it was a pretty one, but it was a win nonetheless. And Thomas Brown, the offense, Coach Frank Reich, going to be able to go back and really look at the film. What do they have to really improve on it and focus in on this week at practice? Yeah, there's two things that stand out from today's game. It's about protection, protect Bryce Young and the quarterback and figure out a way to run. So we thought maybe it was a Miles Sanders thing, but turns out that you look at Chuba Hubbard and they both kind of were limited today. So run the ball, get that offensive line oiled up, and protect your quarterback, the biggest asset on this team at, in the backfield. And real quick before we go, you played 10 years in the league. How did you celebrate your victory Mondays? Man, I went home and I tried to relax. I cook a good meal. That's what gets me 
you know, out of my stressful zone. So just spreading love through food to my family is how I spent my off days and my Victory Mondays. I oh, love that. And, of course, we would get to celebrate a Victory Monday tomorrow, guys. We are super excited about that here. We are, too. The Panthers get win number one, and we think that's pretty crown worthy. We're going to celebrate the victory a little bit more when we come back here on Charlotte Sports Live. Don't want to miss this, our one juicy crown. Do it up, Brady. Yeah, I think this is the like first time we've actually like teased our actual crown on this show. Hey, yes, but, you know, we got to give it to the Carolina Panthers. First win for the franchise under Frank Reich and first win in the NFL for QB1 Bryce Young. Yes, it's a long season ahead, but this one is worth celebrating a little bit longer, don't you think? Yeah. Tomorrow. Hey, oh. Victory Monday, our first Victory Monday of the season. That's exciting. Here's the thing. So I think a lot of people out there might say, like, oh, it's just one game. But you know what? They've worked hard for this. Let them celebrate this, and hopefully it's something that they can build off of. Hope so. Yeah. Should be a happy locker room at least tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. For Crazy Grill, I'm Mike Lissette and everybody else. Have a good night. See you tomorrow on CSL.